welcome to the Scam Economy with your host, Matt Bender. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the post show, I should say. I almost started doing an intro for like episode two. Welcome to the post show for the Scam Economy, episode one, the debut episode with David Gerard. I hope you enjoyed an introduction, a little Scam Economy 101, uh, and ABCs of crypto. Uh, you know, I think it was important. Well, first of all, I want to say that um, David Gerard was my. Uh, from the very outset, when everything started coming together for this show, um, he was who I had in mind for episode one. Uh, he is the person who, I, like I said, uh, he's the person I go to right away uh, when there's something that I, quite frankly, am questioning. Like, what is what is this all about? And I go check what he his explanation is, and I'm like, oh, that's where that fits, and that's how it explains that. And then from there, I start reading others. And But David is the perfect person to break this down uh, so you understand what you're getting yourself into, which is why he's the perfect person to have on for episode one. Please go check him out uh, on Twitter, at David Gerard. He is... Honestly, like, uh, well undiscovered when it comes to, like, how much uh, followers and, and, and notoriety he, he should have. He, he should have way more Twitter followers than he has. That's at David Gerard. so definitely go check him out. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you for, for tuning in to the live uh, premiere on YouTube. It's up now as a podcast, just in case you were looking for the audio-only version scameconomy.com I can tell you all uh, quite happily that we are let me just pull it up here where is it <laughs> let me just oh I gotta take a screenshot I, f I failed to take a screenshot give me a second here do, 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 do. here we go now I could show you all give me a second oh, here it is look at this look at this take, take a look at the top charts on Apple Podcasts for technology It'd be insane. We'd, I mean, let me tell you something. This was the top charts all around. Top charts for the top shows in the technology category and Apple Podcasts. Uh, we got some big names up there. Uh, Reply All. Uh, this Week in Startups. All In. And then if you look at number nine, Scam Economy. And, and funny enough, we overtook... The previous higher crypto, highest I should say, crypto podcast uh, by this this guy, Colin, uh, I don't know, Colin Bureau, Guy the Crypto Guy, Coin Bureau, I'm sorry. Whoa, I couldn't read it because it was too small. The show is Coin Bureau and his name is Guy the Crypto Guy. What a we okay, whatever. Um, I should note, uh, cryptocurrency uh, categorization on Apple Podcasts is weird. Some people put themselves in the business section. Some people put themselves in the like the society section, culture and society section. Some people put themselves in the investing category. So this is among the crypto podcasts that put themselves in the tech category. Um, but yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, I will take uh, – oh, of course, you could drop Super Chats. I, I will read your Super Chats. There were a number of Super Chats in the premiere uh, 
episode uh, chat, but I don't know how I could read. Evan dropped me some money. That's the last one I saw. NFT this, Evan said, dropping me a, a, a nice fiver. Let me see if I could pull up the super chats on that one so I can make sure I grab um, all the super chats there. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Oh, here we go. I, there's, there's the super chat section. Let me see. Uh, Evan uh, with a super chat in the last uh, – in the premiere uh, stream. JJ with a super – a 420. Wow, nice. I like that. In the uh, super chat stream. Mariah with a yes, Maddie B super chat. Thank you so much, Mariah. Uh, Midnight Pizza Mon with a uh, – why does the scam economy logo look like the come town logo? My question uh, to you then is why does come town's come logo look like vomit? Perhaps come town should get themselves checked out by a medical professional. Um, and then we got a super chat from uh, Christoph Kaczynski. Thank you so much. I appreciate all your support. Uh, hope you enjoyed the premiere episode of Scam Economy. Now, I, some people, I think Mariah was was number one there, asked me what the scheduling for it look going forward is. And I can tell you that this is still a work in progress. <laughs> I'm not sure quite yet. Although, obviously, there will be regular episodes of both Doomed, my other show on... The right, conspiracy theories, um, and you know, right wing misinformation and personalities and media, and scam economy. There'll be content going up on both. Neither will be ignored. As for scheduling of which one when, uh, that's TBD. Uh, so definitely follow me at Matt Binder on Twitter. Uh, will scam economy be live? Perhaps. Uh, this episode wasn't specifically because David Gerard lives in the UK and it is very late right now over there. Uh, so we put it together earlier, uh, and, uh, I put it together and aired it today. Uh, will there be other episodes of Scam Economy that are pre-recorded like this? Probably. Um, so the scheduling is being worked out. Um, and... Neither show will uh, be ignored, I, I assure you. Uh, now, Patreon.com is where you can best support both shows. Uh, if you're looking how to support Scam Economy, it's the same Patreon that I use for my other show. I haven't updated the images on the other show yet, but it is the same Patreon. It doesn't make sense to me to split them up because some patrons probably want to support both shows. I'm not going to have them have to pay attention to two dual subscriptions um that's silly uh but yeah um so yeah youtube.com slash mapbinder twitch.tv slash mapbinder at mapbinder on twitter uh com for all the links for the scam economy and patreon.com slash mapbinder to support the growth of the shows uh, now, let's see. Let's go to the uh, super, uh, the Skype lines are open, by the way. There were a few people who reached out to me who wanted to call in. Um, they have not called in yet. Doomed live on Skype. Again, I mean, you know, maybe I'll have to set up a scam economy only Skype. I get it. 
But uh, Doomed Live on Skype to call in. Just search, download Skype if you don't have it. Type Doomed Live and uh, search it. And you will find my username. And just call in. I'll take your call right away. If someone else is on the line, I will simply tell you in the Skype chat to hold on. And I'll call you right back when the uh, next... And we got a first caller. Here we go. Hey, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Matt. It's Tony from Texas. Hey, Tony. Can I pull you up on the stream? Please do. All right, here we go. Now, I want to I wanna first off let everybody know that if you are wondering where that super cool 3D intro came from, you can thank Tony from Texas because and, – and I got to say, listen, uh, someone else did the, the, uh, the cover art. Someone else did the, um, the intro music. Someone mm-hmm. else recorded the intro uh, vocal. Uh, that is actually Spaco, who has been a guest on Doom before and is a regular listener and friend of the show over on the Majority Report with Sam Cedar. Uh, but Tony from Texas put together that awesome 3D intro that honestly, honestly, brings all of those other elements I just mentioned together. Without that 3D intro, I think the, the show would still have some cool elements, but it wouldn't have all come together like it did when Tony finally gave us that last puzzle piece. Well, thank you. I'm really, really honored that I got to offer that and and provide that uh that for the for the show and everything and um i really love all those other elements like uh i know i didn't i didn't know what what music was going with it when i was putting that together i didn't you know all i had was that um the the drawn graphic um to to kind of work off of uh so i was really excited to see all of it together and that oh that beat just really gets me pumping i uh i had that kind of like on replay in my head during my uh, my retail shift today, just powering through it so I could get home and finally watch the premiere of Scam Economy. So um, thank you again for, for the opportunity, and uh, I look forward to uh, seeing where this show goes and grows. Oh, thank you, Tony. And I mean, I, I, when, I, when I put the song in, uh, I could not believe how much it fit. It was not like, like Tony just said. I did not uh, provide the song in advance. Perhaps it would have been better if I did, but it was shocking to me how well it worked. And, uh, you know, it sort of feels like you're, uh, you're cruising down a stream of vomit. <laughs> However that feels. Oh, wait, I have the uh, – in my. I just realized I have the Doomed logo up in the uh, corner for this scene. Let me switch that. Oh, you that. do. <laughs> Let me switch that. Um, and I'll even change the background to the candlestick. I got to set up a separate profile on my live streaming software for uh, – for uh, scam economy, I still have the doomed mm-hmm. elements all in there. <laughs> well, um, yeah, that was that was a really great great episode. Uh, David was just an outstanding outstanding first guest. I'm so happy that you uh, got him uh, to come onto the show. Um, and 
I've got a few friends who are a little bought into all of the crypto nonsense, so I'm already like sending this uh, link around uh, to be like, hey, you know, maybe check this out. And, you know, your girl, your girl did some some work for the intro, so go go ahead, give this a shot. Like, it's got my it's got my stamp of endorsement. Like, give it give it an honest listen, and hopefully, hopefully it'll help some of my friends. You know, uh, avoid wasting too much money on a uh, libertarian con right right what, <laughs> what specifically are they into if you could share like what what is oh it? just just you know i mean i don't think they're like super into it but like they they've just kind of heard those hypey buzzwords and are kind of into it and you know have have invested a little bit in like bitcoin or ethereum or whatever and think that they're making like some smart long-term investment by doing so and um uh my my creative partner who i work with on on other like collaborative projects he's been approached several times by some people wanting us to do some art for nfts and stuff and i'm like you know i really don't think that's a good idea he's all my creative partner's also very skeptical of all of it but you know we're also both working like day jobs, trying to like keep ourselves going while we uh while we get our studio off the ground. So it's like I understand the temptation of like poor starving artists to like jump onto something that seems like it it might be a way to 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 float our art uh, in the short term, but I really I really don't think that's a good idea right and i i should i should stress like when we talk about uh that specifically um i mean there's only a handful of artists that have actually done that very thing like when we say like oh you know artists are using nfts or whatever to support their you know their their artwork and and without this stuff they could i mean yeah there surely are a few that are doing it just like there are a few musicians musicians who make a living from their music mm -hmm. um it's still a very small proportion of the overall uh workforce and um you know uh you could go mint your art as an nft right now uh the odds of it uh taking off are just like uh when you go and buy a lotto ticket right and you know i i it take a lot less effort to hit a scratch off than <laughs> crank out even some shoddy art for an nft um <laughs> no, well, uh well uh if you ever consider it be sure to uh you know make some cool 3d models have a uh algorithm comp like an ai algorithm generate ten thousand different versions of it and just throw it up on open sea and uh take it from there see what happens you never know <laughs> <laughs> well, I super appreciate you taking my call, Matt. I'm going to uh, sign off and hit the sack. I got uh, an early shift tomorrow. But thanks again for the great show. And uh, bye, everybody in chat. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Appreciate the uh, the artwork and the, uh, the cool intro. Uh, again, I really appreciate it. Take care. Have a great night. Oh, we had another caller on the line. Let me take them right now. Um, here we go. Letting them know to call back in. I'll give them a second. Uh, there's some super chats right here in this chat now. Let's see. Uh, oh, Tony from Texas dropped us a super sticker. Oh, a face vomiting one. I like that one. The vom All right, cool. Uh, Santa Cliff with a super chat. Um, let me pull up my uh, the other one just for now. Uh, 
here's that call. Let me take a, this is someone else, actually. Let me take that. Hey, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, there's some super chats right here in this chat now. Uh, hello. Uh, you have to listen to Skype. Drop the uh, stream for a second. Sorry about this. I like that one. All right. All right. We'll have to give him a second. Super chat. I have you on Skype. You got to turn down the volume on the live stream and just talk to Skype. Here's that call. Let me take the. This is someone else, actually. Let me take that. Hello. Hey, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello. Uh, so, All right, I gotta hang up on you. Um, I saw him on the screen too. All right, let's try again. Hello. Hey, what's your name? Where are you calling from? I have you on Skype. You gotta turn down the volume on the live stream. Hello. Oh boy. Can you hear me there? I can hear you. You just gotta turn down the live stream and just talk to the uh, Skype. Uh, call i hear you though i'm not sure if it's me i'm on a video chat you got to turn down the live stream hello hello all right turn down the live stream there we go it's not hey right. i'm trying to unmute here all right don't worry My i hear you here. i hear you I hear you. So uh, if we can figure out how you can hear me. Skype. All right. Um, hmm. What's going on here? Let's see. All right. Oh, I, can you hear me there? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can now. Yeah. Sorry okay, about great. That. That's all right. Uh, hey, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, my name's Jay Gap. I was in the chat earlier. I'm calling from Olympia, Washington. My hey, name's Chris. But... Hey, uh, Jay Gap or Chris. I could call you either. Can I pull your video chat up on the screen or you prefer to be? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, All go right. for it. Yeah. Let me just do that right now. Give me a second. Um, I'm so, Skype. What can I say? No, it's all good. It's all good. It happens. Don't worry about it. I'm glad you called in. So what would you like to talk about? Well, I just want to start off. I'm a big fan. I really liked your last program. That was really great. Oh, um, I am an artist who makes NFT art, as you'd like to say. All right. So I just figured I'd call in and give my, like, not perspective, because I don't even have anything to debate, really, because I, I kind of feel where everything, where y'all are coming from. But um, I just want to share some insight, like how it's been being an artist in this space. Yeah, um, sure. Please do. Um, well, I've, I've been an artist for 20 years. I don't know. Uh a service industry mostly, um, a lot of like, you know, construction on and off that whole deal. Um, the pandemic got me out of my job completely as a bartender. I did unemployment from the day it started till the day it ended. And I learned 3d modeling during that time. And I was very skeptical, but my friend kind of drug me into it over a period of like probably six months, honestly. And I was kind of like, oh, you can you can right click save this stuff. All the art's trash, yada, yada, um, which is I still it's still true. Um, I will say I've navigated multiple different scenes, multiple different discord communities, um, had varying experiences with venture capitalists, self-described venture capitalists. I've worked on 
a Senate campaign for a very progressive, cool Senate candidate who wants to use NFTs to help underprivileged youth in her state. Um, she hasn't released that yet, so I won't I won't say who it is. But um, so, yeah, I would just say I've produced a lot of trash art. I've produced a lot of, in my opinion, good art, um, stuff that I'd be doing normally. Um, I've been uh, working on a video game with like a team of eight people, which is something I wouldn't normally be doing without crypto. And it, yeah, and I've, I've made money. So I, I guess I just oh, kind of wanted to come out and say that. And mm -hmm. I have a lot of good friends in the space that have had positive things happen from making nfts basically right i mean i'm sure i'm yeah. sure i'm sure there are i mean we we know there's people who've made good money um you know and listen i i'm not i'm not someone who is, feels like you know if, if this is something that you have you know you got to do what you got to do to survive and i understand that mindset um, and I'm certainly not going to tell anyone who is, you know, just getting by or, you know, working, you know, you know, working class individual, um, you know, to stop making money in whatever way they found to make money. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, my my whole thing here is that, listen, um, if, if you're one of those people who is pushing this stuff on other people, that's that's more of the people I have a problem with. Um, well, they're, they're the loudest voices in the room. And like, there's a lot of community people that I, I mess with that are like women, non-binary, binary folks. And it's this like crypto bro narrative, which is the loudest in the room. And it's the most annoying and right. it's like investment stock bros. But, you know, as long as you're pessimistic, like I own zero NFTs and I've probably, I've probably made myself or others like 80 plus ETH from NFTs. That's a lot of money. I'd never seen that money in my life. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not necessarily getting rich over here, but it's just a way to like be an artist and not have a job. Cause it's cold out here. Like right. that, that job I lost is not open still. Right. Right. Like, still are shut down. So I, I mean, I just have a lot of service work people in, in my vicinity yeah, right. that like, even when they get their job back, they're not making half the money. So I mean, it's just kind of like, right. I don't now, know. Now, now, as an as an artist, when you uh, you know, are your NFTs yours as the artist, or were you commissioned by someone to make them? Um, I'm both, honestly. Now, do yeah, you, and I fed. Do you do you get oh, the residual? Do you get the residuals for those NFT art? The NFT art that you are commissioned for. I do. Yeah. Okay. So you worked out something with them because I could tell yeah. you a lot of artists, don't. which is really nice working with that in, in contracts is like, because it's baked into the contract. So like when something sold, you immediately get it. And I've been an artist for like music that sold like millions of Spotify views. Right. And like, it's, it's a, a, a legal battle to get paid from a label because they don't have to pay you. Right. It might be in the contract that you sign, but unless you lawyer up, there's nothing you can do about it. So I will say that is like a positive I see in crypto for artists. Well, wh why do you think, though, that your art is more valuable in the NFT world than your art was before this? I think there's just a lot of energy and wealth in the NFT world right now. Like, I mean, I'm not I'm not like 
sugarcoating it at all. It's just like, it's a wave, you know? And it's like, if you want to make some money, you can do that. Right. But my thing is sort of, you know, previously when you were commissioned for art, someone was paying you because they wanted artwork. Like they valued the actual art you were making. Now, regardless of whether that was, uh, you know, lucrative, uh, still, whenever someone commissioned you, they got that piece of art and they were very happy um, because that was the end of transaction. Um, mm-hmm. My issue with all this is that, I mean, your your art is technically really not the value here because the end of the transaction isn't when they buy the NFT and are happy with the art. The end of transaction is when they get an ROI, a return on their investment, and resell your NFT art to somebody else. Um, I mean, that, that frankly is, is, you know, that's kind of, again, if you're making money, well, I'd it, say there's a lot of work in the space, not even just for like a traditional NFT, but there's just a lot of like apps out there and like companies that are building this stuff that need like, like artists to work for them. And I've, I've found a lot more independence in this world because they go to people who hang out in their basements all day. And they're like, tell me what works, please. I don't know. Like, meme something for me. You know what I mean? Like, right, it's just, it's just that, interesting isn't, to isn't, isn't that be so- deferred to as the artist rather than them saying, you have to make this thing in this box. Like, like uh, when I was working with the Senate campaign, I'd get to, like, work with her one-on-one. It's just a place of power I've never felt as an artist. I, I, could, I could see in... You know, a political campaign, they just really don't know and they, they're they deferring to the artist's expertise. Mm-hmm. But you don't think when it comes to like a VC or a tech person, you think they're really like, oh, please, artist, give me your knowledge. Or are they really like, I don't fucking care. Make me some shit that'll make money. Yeah, they're definitely like that. And it shows a lot of like, I think the people that I've worked with that have more money have least have the least amount of ability it's it's kind of funny it's like the i worked with somebody who's like he was a boss of mine setting up and i just need to be careful because this isn't out yet but set us up with the senator and he's a forbes ah, i shouldn't even say this stuff but he was on forbes magazine and he's very inept in everything he does like I shouldn't even be saying this right now. I feel bad. He's not gonna watch this though. I know, but um, <laughs> uh, you don't have to. You don't have to. I don't want to blow anything up for you. So but you it's just it's further, just but. interesting. Like working with a VC, I've never done that before, and it's a. I could have done anything I wanted to. Is basically what I'm saying. So that's kind of cool to have that that latitude as an artist. Like I could give him something shitty. I could give him something good. I could give him something I care about. I could sit down with them as a graphics team and talk about like how to go at the Republican candidate that she's running against. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. But not, not talking about the politician. Not talking about the yeah. the for profit uh, things. Um, it doesn't bother you a little bit though, as someone who's been an artist for so long, that your your artwork isn't valued as for for its art. It's just a asset, like someone buying and selling a. But that's what we're Apple doing, stock. right? I'm 34. Like it's never been valued. You know, I've made money. I make some residuals off stuff, but like I've never been. It's just it's cold, man. You're not making money. I've never quit my day job until now. This is the first time I have not had a job. So I mean, I'm not out here singing its praises. It's just kind of like, 
I know that there's a lot of left hate on the subject and like, that's good. I kind of don't like it either. Well, but this, I will say I there's a lot like, of cool people in the space mm-hmm. that like aren't these people that you can just paint with a brush as easy. I mean, keep doing it. I love what you're doing. I mean, this, like, this is how I sort of look at that. You know, there's a lot of cool people who work at McDonald's, but the reason they're cool isn't because they're working at McDonald's. I mean, but they don't they don't get to design the hamburger, for instance. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like. I mean, I'm not saying that's so great, but like, I really haven't had to sacrifice. I I still make art that I'm into at this point, you know what I'm saying? Which is just kind of cool. Like if I go work for a design company, which I've never done for that reason, exactly. I don't want to sit down and make something for somebody else. And if a friend, I haven't had to. If a friend asked you if an NFT was a good investment and they were looking to spend money, what would you say to them? No, nah, no. I've I've had that. I've had people come to me and be like, oh, you do 3D programming. You should get into NFTs. And I'm like, maybe you should, but we should talk about it for a while because there's a lot of different communities you can get involved. It's it's a big world. It's I, I, big. I, I will say this. There, there's something very uh, – I, I, I don't want you to take this the wrong way. But a community is something, in my opinion, is something that anyone can join because they all are into a specific – uh, uh, you know, uh, hobby or niche or industry, something that brings them all together. It's an open world for anyone to join in. Um, this whole industry, crypto, NFTs, Web3, uh, to join this wonderful, beautiful community, you got to pay up. Yeah, yeah I mean, for that's sure. not very welcoming. I mean, I don't, I don't, I would not, I would like to not pay for my friends. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. There there are other chains that it's like really cheap to pay for if you're into that sort of thing. It's like there's a metaverse. I know it's a bad word, but like it's the punk metaverse. It's called Crypto Voxels. It's like very low bar to entry. A lot of I don't know, like a lot of people I know in there, like you can go in there for free. They they do stuff on the Matic chain. I don't know if you're familiar with that polygon. I don't really do that because there's not as much money in it, but it's like it's literally like a dollar for stuff. So people really do build communities in this space. Like it's really, really inclusive, which is something that mm-hmm. I've like not really experienced it's, in other art. It's world. not, inclu- it's not inclusive to me. If the get, you know, the barrier to entry is pay up. I mean, even if it's just a little it's bit not, of money, it's not though. I mean, you got to pay for the punk show, right? You got to go pay five bucks. And it's like this stuff you don't, it's, it's less, it's kind of like, I mean, I don't have Here. to pay. You don't have to pay for the punk show. You get to pay for the punk show to go to the punk show, but you don't need to pay for the punk yeah. show to be part of the community and hang out with people in the punk scene. You, you don't. You don't have to do that here either. Like you really don't. I'm, I'm just telling you. Like I'm not like trying to be like you're wrong, Matt. But like, I mean, isn't that what really, all these you NFT? Really, you really I mean, don't have to. Isn't that what all these NFT groups sell though? Like, if I wanted to be part of the Board Ape Yacht Club. I'd have to well, buy a board. That's ape. a big example, right? That's like you do have to pay mad money for that. But there's like there's gutter shit all over out there. And I just like I'm not even being like I don't even necessarily really like the gutter shit. I'm just saying it's there. Like there there are mad people finding and making connections with people, like, albeit through the internet, it's sad, I know, but like building communities that they're excited about. Um and I just I don't wanna like 
like this isn't a debate to me. It's no, not no, like, no. Oh, I, listen, I don't. Like you I guys said, are you guys are mean. No, no. like like, like I said, we all do different things. Listen, I I don't think like what you're doing is like inherently evil or bad. Like, listen. This is the equivalent to me. Someone like you, if you're, you know, if you're presenting yourself accurately, someone like you is the same as someone getting a job working for a big bank or a big corporation or a retail chain that necessarily is not very a very good like the majority of them not very good. Uh, we all have morals and ethics, but sometimes for to survive, we need to uh, bend those to just basically take a job or do some work. That, I've uh, never found a way not to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, honestly, like, I would love not to be a capitalist, but, like, I that's what the game is. Like, I, I don't know another way. So right, I'm not here complaining. Right, right. where, where like, I'm a little bit, where I'm a little bit, uh, there's, a, well, actually a lot of stuff, but in, in what you've brought up, where I'm a little bit hesitant, though, is the community aspect that you're sort of, uh, you know, you're sort of painting yeah. in a positive light. Listen, I get if you're in, it's probably very positive, but you have to buy in and it's not, it's not, man. I'm, I'm for real. Like you, you just have to experience it. Like I could show you some of that stuff if you want. I know you don't want to have anything to do with what, it, but what is, what is it the, might, it might the, inform, it might inform some of this stuff. What is the point you know? though of being in, all right, let's see there, say there's an NFT community that doesn't require you to buy, to enter that community. What is the point of it though? There, I mean, it's, it's the, community, but what is the community, what art. is the community talking about and doing? I mean, it's all about asset trading. I mean, no, 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 it's, it's not, man. It's really not like, like a lot of them are, I feel you. But there's a lot that are just like surely for the sake of people are lonely and they want connection. And I feel like if you're it, that person, though, what are you doing in an NFT community? They're not there for that. I mean, well, there's, I, there's, there's I, feel like the, I feel like the people who are – I hate to – like I know you're trying to – but I feel like if you are in an NFT community, you have a goal and your goal is to make money. Um, mm. I'm not saying as an artist either. I'm saying your goal is in an NFT community is to buy and trade these assets. You want to make money. I mean, it is. I mean, that's kind of part of it, but it it's just like some of it's real small stake, right? It's like pogs when you're a little kid or something. It's not like no pogs. Like is a I, game. I, I physically could touch a pog yeah. and play a pog. Like here's the thing: like people always try to, and I'm not attacking you here, yeah. but. People always compare crypto to like, what's the point of trading cards or Pokemon cards or Beanie Babies? or po Well, there were purposes for all those. Some of them were actual games you could play. Others were toys you could play with. Others were items you would showcase in your home. Like, if you bought Pokemon cards, you weren't buying them to necessarily make money. You were buying them to play the Pokemon card game. If you yeah. were buying Bitcoin or an NFT, I mean, the point is... They they look at them. it like this, man. They really do. Like some people do. Like like I didn't get it either until I was there. But some people really like it for the picture for the picture's sake. And they wanna have like I'm I was you six months ago, and I'm not saying like I'm evolved now. It's just like and I don't I own zero NFTs. I make them, but I own zero. But I'm just I'm these people, man, they're like kind of they don't have friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's just, it's kind of one of these things like well, they, they are, are not in it to make the money and they aren't even necessarily talking about Bitcoin trade. They don't look at the stocks. Like some of these people, like I, I'm just saying like it's, it really has like a misfits vibe when you go in some of these chats and like, 
Well, those it's are, just, those are the... I just don't think they have the same brush as like Nazis, hang them all, like fuck these people. Oh, like, no, no, I don't there's think there's some really sweet people out there. In oh, this no, world. no, those are the those are those are the dupes. Uh, yeah, I hate to I say don't, it. Man, I, I don't know. I mean, there's there's certain chains that aren't like that. Like there there's like a low bar to end. It's like a dollar. I, I think but, what we're gonna we're I, gonna I have problems seeing eye to eye. I just want to give you a second, like just a little window and what world I'm in. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. and I, I appreciate that's what I want on this show. I, I trust me, I'm not just gonna be having yeah. David Gerard's on. Uh, I'm gonna have advocates and he's people. very good though. I'm not even. He's very good. Yeah, I like I, what he. Has. But I want to, you know, I want to make clear that like this is going to be a show. I mean, obviously, I'm always going to take the position that this is all bullshit. But yeah. um, uh, you know, I intend to talk to a lot of people who uh, have your mindset and even are even more, uh, you know, uh, bullish on uh, crypto. And I'm not bullish. I am not. I'm just a realist out here trying to get some money. That's it. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I hear you. I mean, you don't try. You don't think. Uh, I think you. You've said it earlier, but there are a number of people who try to push uh, this whole Definitely. industry as actually, uh, it's actually saving the world, that sort of thing. Yeah. You're not one of those. No, I'm, I'm not. And I don't even need to be an identitarian on that shit. I don't care. Like I don't have to be that or not that. I just, I just want to represent for some of my friends who like, you know, and they're you're also, poor. You're, you're also not one of those money. people. They made some community connections with folks. Like, you're also not it's one of those not people, all terrible shit. You're not also not one of those people though who think this is like, uh, uh, crypto is a very progressive or leftist thing that we're just all. I mean, it's inherently very, 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 very capitalist. I mean, like yeah, but you know, to, money. But money. I think that's a bigger like question to like money. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm, it's a, should a leftist movement have money to like? Mm, work we, i mean left, leftist movement can uh, uh build a fund by uh providing people with a uh a service or a a product that betters their life i mean i that to me in this uh, we, we could always i'm talk, with you man i think that's we, a good thing we could always talk about these hypotheticals and i i agree with the idea that you know the current system sucks but in this current system my ideal way of making money is to simply provide people with a good or service, whether it's a basic, like a, like a utility, like you know, a Netflix streaming service, something for entertainment, or you know, something they need, like a, a product that they buy at the store, whatever it is, something that they pay for it, they get it, and that is what they need. Like that is their product that they wanted. They're happy. End of transaction is my point. I I, I don't think it is. Uh, very progressive or leftist to uh, partake in asset trading in uh, commodities. I, I don't think that is very. Uh, it's no, not yeah, at all. It's inherently it's capitalist. Yes. I get that. Yeah, yeah. Like to me, that's the two differences. Like you know, you go to a bake sale. I would say that's a very leftist thing. You're creating a baked good and you're feeding people and they are providing you the money in return for your labor and the product. End of transaction. Everyone goes home happy. No one's lost money. Someone got fed. Someone made a little bit. Uh, with uh, this world, crypto, uh, you know, NFTs, uh, someone buys, someone sells. One person goes home happy. One person goes home very unhappy. Mm. Well, rock on, Matt. You rock. Just want to 
what's it? Definitely, definitely call in again. This was a great conversation. I really yeah, appreciate yeah. it. Call in for sure. I, I think you're a very nice dude. I understand where you're coming from. You are like the one type in this whole world. And I've said it before to other people who call in who are like, you know, I'm just like, I was just scraping by and suddenly I came across this and I was good at it. And this is, I, I look at it the same as like, you know, you're working a job that's for not such a great company, but you do what you got to do. And I totally get that. You're not the person that uh, you're the least of my concern in this whole industry, to be honest. I don't think you're the well, rock on, bad man. Guy I will say it's been better than working at McDonald's, though. All right. Take care. Have a great night. <laughs> that's a low bar, though. That's a low bar. All right. <laughs> All right, man. Peace. Thanks for calling. All right. Let me go back to the phones. Hey, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello? Hello? Am I unmuted? Uh, I hear you. There we go. Yep. What's your Perfect. name? G'day, Matt. It's John from Australia. How you doing? Oh, hey. How you doing? Always a pleasure when you call into Doom. So love to hear you right now. Um, oh, it's fantastic to see the first episode of uh, Scam Economy. Congrats. Oh, I got to tell you, there's a ton of people calling in right now. I, gotta, I think I'm going to have to get <laughs> a better system than Skype because... Um, you know, I get that I get the ring every time someone calls in, so I just gotta block not block, but hang up on all those people. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> what would you like to talk? Thanks for the kind words. What would you like to talk about? Well, look, I I'm I'm very easily I gotta say I'm very easily baited into calling in um, when <laughs> when I hear some stuff said on stream that is especially around crypto that that is sort of oh maybe factually incorrect or painting crypto in a, a more sort of neutral or positive light i can't help myself i have to call in <laughs> um one thing that i think it was jay gap the, the previous caller mentioned um was that it, it sort of fundamentally sort of changed or, or gave him more power in in the relationship between him as an artist and his client i thought that was particularly interesting because there's nothing about the the technology of nfts or blockchain or cryptocurrency or anything like that that actually changes that relationship at all oh right of course and i'm glad you brought that up because what the, the dynamic that's simply different here and I, i'm sorry to cut you off if you were going to go into it but the Good dynamic word. that's simply different here is that before his art was just that art there was no marketing no uh no uh get rich quick scheme for the person on the other end the buyer once he enters his art into this world where the person on the other side can use his art to then in turn enrich him by pumping their crypto investments, then boom, bada, bing, here we go, off to the races. Exactly right, right? And, and, and in that scenario, the, the client is... is then financially incentivized to operate in their best interest, right? Um, so, like, the, fundamentally, we might say, well, in, in a capitalist economy, there's no, there's no difference here, right? But what I would argue is that in this particular scenario, there's a massive difference, and the balance of power is shifted heavily towards one party. So, the the mechanism through which artists are paid for their work, right, particularly ongoing is through these things that uh, David Gerard mentioned called smart contracts. And as he, he astutely put it, they're neither smart nor are they contracts. Um, they're simply a piece of code that gets executed based on input. 
So in that scenario where you're doing work for a client, NFT work or something like that, or even if you're publishing your own NFTs, you're not writing that smart contract. You're not writing that code. So you're reliant on the person who write that code that they're working in your best interests. Right. If you're working for a client and they're making some custom code for their smart contract, yeah, yeah, we're going to pay you 10% residuals on secondary sales. They're probably not going to show you that code. And even if they do show you that code, you're not going to be able to read that code. You can't read Solidity or Michelson code or whatever blockchain code because uh, it's all different smart contract code for each chain that exists. So you'd need to learn totally different computer programming languages. But if if you know, say, code for uh, working on the Tezos blockchain, that doesn't mean you know Solidity. Even if you knew Solidity, you're then reliant on vetting code that they've written that pays you. If you find out later that that code doesn't work, you have no recourse. Right. The code and is out there. It's also, on the chain. It can't al- change. Also, and also, we. I mean, now correct me if I'm wrong, because um, I recall this could be something a little bit different. I'm just conflating the two, and and you might have to correct me here. But uh, from my my reporting over the summer on a lot of these meme coins that influence which were pushing, um, there were. There was into each. Uh, there were a few actually crypto, uh, you know, a few meme coins, the uh, scam coins, really, uh, where there were um, provisions in the code that blocked people from either selling before a certain time or selling more than a certain amount amount of their holdings within a certain time frame. And yep. what would happen though is that people would invest when that was set and then the coin would go live, but they would have uh, the, uh, the owner of the coin would have edited that changed that coding without telling anyone. So then they could specifically sell off without letting everyone know that they could sell off too. And that's how they would, uh, you know, successfully pull off a rug pull. Yes, absolutely correct. Yes. So the code for a smart contract, which governs the, the the mechanisms through which tokens function, is largely reliant on on calling those functions, the methods inside the, the code. Um, now, it's very easy for people to say, oh, well, it's on the, the, the blockchain. The code lives on the blockchain. You can go read it. And some smart person, maybe you can't read, you know, Ethereum Solidity code, but maybe some smart person will and they'll check it for you. The issue there is that the code that sits on the blockchain is not sort of readable English language code. It's compiled code. It's byte code. If you go and look at the actual contents of a smart contract on chain as they exist, it is a string of numbers and letters, not human readable at all. You need to decompile it first and then read it. Now, that's why a lot of these scam tokens uh, end up being sort of so successful, right? Where they they lock they they lock away the sale method right where the the method to sell you know sell with a you know, open parentheses this amount to this wallet or whatever that's all sort of obscured and hidden from you because each token can have its own method right they can skimp 10% and in fact this is the way the residuals are tended, intended to work when you sell you call the code on the smart contract that says sell it takes 5%, 10% of that value and then sends it off to the artist. The thing is, you can't know for sure whether that's happening unless you decompile the code yourself and unpack it and learn how to read it. So 
Yeah, that's the way these 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 scam tokens end up working, where they code in provisions that say, well, you can't sell until I I make it the case that you can, right? Um, it, it is absolutely bonkers. And even with code, even with smart contracts and stuff that uh, have these residuals written so that they do work. So, for example, a lot of the popular NFTs like Bored Apes and, and the like, they have residuals built into their smart contracts. The issue there is the seller doesn't want to lose that 10%. If they can find a way to get that 10% and not transfer it to the Bored Ape Yelp Club team, they're going to do it. Right. And they have done it. Oh, there yeah, there's, are, there's, there's like there's loads of that aren't, that aren't officially. Right, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry yeah, I cut so, you off. So there's one called uh, NFT Trader. I think it's nfttrader.io or something like that. So it's really popular. And it's instead of trading, I think actually can create trading pairs for, for like wrapped ETH and all that sort of stuff. But it's like you, you're trading NFTs between one another rather than like buying and all that sort of thing. It Instead of implementing the smart contract code as it exists on chain, they do all sorts of uh, cute little mucking around so that you still end up with the NFT that you want to trade or buy, um, except that 10% that was meant to go to the artist, that didn't go to the artist at all because you're not calling the code that says the 10% goes to the artist. Right. This it, it, It's absolutely like this is the thing that a lot of uh, proponents of blockchain and crypto sort of tend not to talk about so much. And in fact, all of the ones that you bring, bring it up to, it's sort of like, yeah, well, you just need to go to marketplaces that you trust. You just need to talk to people that you trust and find communities that you trust. And then you go, hang on a minute. That's what this was meant to solve. <laughs> like right. this was meant to solve for trust. It's, it's trustless. I'm meant to be able to engage in commerce with someone and know that the result that I'm getting is the result that I'm getting. But actually it's completely obscured and it's completely atomized and I have even less power and even less recourse if something horrible goes wrong. Like there is, we, 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 uh, the previous caller said, and again, no shade, like people got to get paid. Artists got to get paid and it's a pandemic. And even people who do sort of labor and traditional work, right. Um, they're, they're getting screwed. Um, and there's, there's a quote that stuck out to me that said, I would love not to be a capitalist. Right. But I think that's that's a very noble thing that we that we should all try and do. For you know, if you're a leftist, you should try not to be a capitalist, right? Um, but by not being by by being a turbo capitalist and engaging in a market and a mechanism that has it is completely unregulated, has no laws, no rights, no consumer protections, like that's not not being a capitalist. That's really turbo being a capitalist. Right. There's another way that you can go. You can steer away from that. And look, if you want to do that and that's the way you get paid, that's fine. But don't defend it. Right. You're not paid to defend it. <laughs> You're paid right. to make your art. Right. Right. I mean, yeah, anyway. that's that's a great point. And I, w- I want to add one more thing to, to the um, – because I, I don't think people really realize this. And it was shocking to me because uh, it really is only mentioned in one article I've I've read. Uh, speaking of board API club and artist residuals. Now, I don't know if they have a specific um, deal like the previous caller claimed he had with the people he created NFT art for where even he gets residuals even though he was commissioned to create art. But those four guys behind board API club, they're just a bunch of like tech guys. 
they're not the artists. They, in an interview, I forgot what outlet they did it with, but in an interview with an, uh, a news outlet, they outright said they paid like, I think it was like 30000 or $40,000 to a, a team of artists to create the Board of API Club. They commissioned the artists, and that was that. Now, my question, and I don't think a lot of people realize that. They think the Board of API Club is an art team behind it, right? No. Um, now, I wonder, uh, my assumption is no, but I wonder if those artists uh, who created the Board API Club uh, assets and designs uh, and base characters, I wonder if they're getting residuals. I mean, it's, I, I would love to know. I'm going to say no. I highly yeah, doubt they I are. I suspect. I suspect probably not. If you go on Fiverr right now, and that's the you whole... will find loads of like NFT packs. Like this is where it is, right? Like this is where NFTs are right now, right? Because capitalism is really great at at self-optimizing in in, in such a way to to gain the most return with the least amount of effort and expenditure. If I can pay an artist, you know, if I can make millions and millions of dollars off of selling these ape pictures and only pay an artist 30K, is there a way I can reduce that 30K somehow? That's That's the direction that this system is heading. Right. All right. Uh, always a pleasure when you call in, my friend. Thanks so much. Uh, looking forward to more calls, uh, especially on this show. So, because uh, uh, I love talking this stuff with you. I'm uh, looking forward to the next episode. All right. Cheers, cool. man. Have, gr- have a great night, or whatever time it is over there, um, in Australia. Um, all right. Next caller. I'm taking them as they come in. I'll try to get to everybody. Hey, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, Brian from Rhode Island. How's my sound going? Hey, it sounds great. Uh, would you mind if I pull your video feed up on the stream? Sure. Cool. Oh, I always check. Never know if someone just, you know, happens to do a video call but wants to stay anonymous. It happens. Oh, wait, that's not what I wanted to go to. That's a clip from uh, my other show. Okay, uh, here we go. Uh, so what was I to talk about? Yeah, a couple things. Uh, I don't have too much time, uh, but I just wanted to there's basically three things I wanted to mention. Uh, first thing was I kind of uh, talking, you know, going back to that artist guy who you had on uh, two calls ago. I could feel I, I could kind of relate a little bit. I'm not an artist. I don't do cryptocurrency shit. I don't do NFTs, but I, uh, you know, have to do a job that I'm not, you know, doesn't really comply with my all of my ideals, but, you know, got to eat. So. Right. You know, I, I feel them on that. Uh, the second thing, and it, it'll wrap up, that will wrap up with the third thing. But the second thing is, I can't remember the Australian guy's name, but 100% agree with, yeah, 100% agree with him. I would add on top of that, I think my opinion, uh, I think in addition to everything he said, I think it also accelerates it basically like basically what this technology does, especially with NFTs, I think it it just accelerates what is happening in the real world, right? We know that in the real world, in the art world, there's all these like schemes and like fraud going on and just sometimes outright theft. And I think what's happening and is gonna become more apparent in the future is that's gonna accelerate. And what NFTs are basically doing is it's kind of those old tricks, but you know, through the internet and just hyperspeed. That that 
that's what I would add to him. But I, I think he, he had a lot of good points. The third thing, and th the third thing is just a little bit, I would say, constructive feedback, I think. Sure. Um, uh, yeah, I thought the, you know, the talk with David Gerard, I thought it was pretty good. Um, but I do think at some point it would be a great episode or two, maybe, is going through the concepts and like the tech side of blockchain, the cryptocurrencies, NFT, all that stuff. Because I think there's actually two things that really mystify people and like really is hard to wrap your head around. And the first thing is what you do really well and what Gerard was, was talking about a lot, which is the scammy, like the econ economics of it all. But I think there's this other aspect, the tech part really is like this very confusing mystical thing uh, that a lot of people just don't really understand or just they probably like some people even do understand it, but they aren't confident in their knowledge of it. So, uh, you know, I just think, you know, having an episode where you like walk through, this is what a blockchain is. This is what, you know, kind of like what you were asking him in the interview, you know, but just like walking through it, you know, super general, super, you know, high level, just so people don't feel like, I, I feel like a lot of people, uh, are confused about this stuff and and that's kind of where uh actually i think a lot of the scam stuff happens because there's a lot of confusion in right. how this stuff works right right so just something for you know to think oh, about definitely i, I love yeah. I, I, that's a great idea i i, I will you know he, he, uh, one thing uh, a few things uh one you know this was just like an intro like a quick like so for people who are just jumping in they get to yeah. understand something i mean pretty much everything we talked about uh, we could do multi episodes on uh, each sure. individual thing, and then uh, and then some. You know, um, mm -hmm. I definitely will be doing episodes on the tech side, but probably further down the line. And, and here's why: I I disagree with it being important for people to know. I think mm -hmm. it is if you're into the tech, sure, it could be something you want to learn and understand. Of course, fine. But I think in terms of how it affects people with what we're seeing now, with it blowing up, I don't think it matters at all. Uh, and here's why. I don't need to understand the Facebook algorithm to see how the spread of anti-vaccine information, misinformation on there is hurting people. I don't need to mm -hmm. understand YouTube's code to see that, you know, the QAnon videos going around are a problem. Um, you know, I don't need to understand the tech, uh, technical aspects of any of that stuff uh, to discuss how it relates to everyday people. Um, I know crypto people use that as a cudgel, like, oh, you just don't understand the tech. But the mm -hmm. tech isn't the problem. The problem is... Uh, inherently what the tech is being used for. I haven't seen the tech being used for, quite frankly, anything good. So perhaps there is an issue with the base of the tech. But the actual things we're dealing with, the assets, the pillaging of people who buy in, uh, get fooled into buying in, I should say, the selling of the commodification of everything. Everything's got to be an NFT. Your video game hobby, nope, it's going to be a money-making scheme now. Sorry. Um 
we don't need to know the tech. We don't need to. It's just it's 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 unimportant. I get what you're saying. I, I feel I feel you. I think it, here here's what I would say in response. I I do agree with that sentiment for sure. Uh, I guess I'm more thinking along the lines of, you know, something that David Gerard said in your interview. He said something a lot. He was talking. I think it was in respect to he was talking about proof of work scheme and how that is a. He basically just said it was a waste of energy, and that's true. But I think when you and and honestly, I do have to get off soon, but sure, I'll just leave with you with this. But when you look into what how the proof of work scheme actually works and how the bitcoins are like this, that's how bitcoins are mined, right? right? So yes, it's a waste of energy. But then when you dig into how it works, just even at a high level, you will actually see how uh, all the things, all the promises that are made about this, like decentralized, it's not controlled by any like secret bankers, all that shit you will see that that is a sham and don't have time to go into it. But, you know, I think right. you'd be pleasantly surprised if you just dug into that a little bit and like, not like you have to know how to code or anything, but just like, okay, they're doing this math problem. They have to figure out this number, these set like the first uh, machine to get, you know, a certain number of zeros in front of this math problem gets a Bitcoin you know, you'll, you'll see like, well, who decides how many zeros you have to find? Who decides like, you know, all these different little aspects of how this protocol works, right? And it kind of puts, when you dig into that, you kind of unravel all the bullshit of, of, of like the ideological bullshit is what I mean. So right. that's just, you know, I, I'm, I, I feel you on that, but I think all, all I'm saying is it's, it might be a good thing to look into. Oh no! But I, I gotta go. Great show. I'll take care. I'll watch. Thanks for soon. calling in. Later, dude. No, I, I agree with him completely in terms of like it's 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 you know I think it would great make for great content obviously and also it's important to uh, understand if you really want to dive into it. My my take though is that uh, crypto uh, bros and advocates uh, use that as sort of a shield that oh you just don't know the tech when I mean. You don't need to, honestly. Like, you don't need to know the tech to see it's a scam. You don't need to know the tech to see what's being pushed on you. I mean, obviously, it'll help. Just like if I saw Facebook's uh, algorithm code, we could learn a lot more. But we don't need to know that to criticize it and be critical of it. Uh, hey, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, hey, Matt. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello, um, my name is Matei, and I'm calling from Slovenia. Ah, okay, cool. Hello. Uh, yeah, so um, I just wanted to talk about, you know, what really, <clears throat> what really, I'm, I'm not really a crypto bro. I you know I used to work at a cryptocurrency company startup, ah. but I would, I definitely wouldn't consider myself my crypto bro. You know, I don't own any crypto. I've invested, you know, years ago when I was building a house and everything, but what I wanted to say is, there's a there's all about you know who's making the decisions you know if you take a cryptocurrency scam token you know there's a guy making a decision and if you have like a network as in ethereum you know you have like a bigger um, foundation and like people collaborating and making decisions so like 
if you talk about Facebook and their uh, algorithm, you know, what makes it share around um, misinformation and stuff like that, you know, what do you think how we should approach technology is like, okay, Facebook, not what are you going to do about it, but show us how the system works now and what you're going to change about it, you know, because like at least in like open software space, it doesn't matter if it's cryptocurrency, you know, if it's open office, if it's Linux, whatever, it's more about the community making a decision what they're going to change about it. And that's what I think, you know, some cryptocurrency projects are doing better than, let's say, Facebook or Google or any other tech companies because in the end you know they're just tech communities just one are privately owned and one are publicly in a sense owned even though like one percent owns 95 percent of the tokens right i mean i mean I, I agree with what you're saying but to me like that's what you're saying is is accurate in terms of like I mean, obviously, a closed private system is, is worse than something that's open source or widely available to people. But, I mean, l listen, I got tons of issues with Google and Facebook and Microsoft and Apple. But at the end of the day, what they're selling me is a service or a product. Like, I am right now um, – couldn't do this show without this Mac Mini I'm using. It's extremely powerful and affordable for what it does. And that's how I'm streaming to you. I bought that Mac Mini, and it was a, uh, a a transaction where both parties were happy in the end. My issue with the it doesn't matter how open or whatever the crypto we could use any any random uh, you know uh, crypto or blockchain or network or whatever as uh, as the example. Uh, no matter how open they are or whatever, what they're being used for is to uh, make money selling uh commodities or uh a financial asset so you know what i mean like that's the issue that's sort of why i don't think the tech yeah, is I, all that i get it that i get it that everything cannot be you know an asset and the problem is that as liquid as this market that you can literally turn anything you want in an asset and i'm not saying we should be doing that what i'm saying is like how we approach technology i i really like the cryptocurrency space because it's transparent you know and it, it's not but, just, it's like open software in general, you know, let's say I use VL, VLC, what's called video, you know, the program has been the same for 20 years, because why would you change it, you know, the, it works and the community is like, let's not change it. I understand what you're saying, but like, there's plenty of open soft, uh, soft, like software that doesn't involve crypto at all. Like WordPress has been around for decades and I, I think yeah, WordPress is great. I get it. Um, I mean, but is crypto really all saying... that? Is crypto really all that transparent, though? I mean, sure, I can see the transactions on the blockchain, but how much does that tell me? Um, I mean, do we? I mean, we don't know who holds. I mean, in a sense, would you call Linux transparent? You know, probably there's like ten thousand people in the world that know how a Linux kernel works. You know, it's almost impossible for a regular thing to look. Yet there's like I don't know how many, 10 billion computers running on Linux right now. So it's right, but I could I could learn Linux. Like it's not it's not a um, it's not hidden information from me. Um, what I'm saying is like how the the software is used. Uh, you know, I can look on a blockchain and see two transactions. Are those two transactions person A sending uh, Bitcoin to person? B or is it 
uh, person A sending Bitcoin to person A? Is it just, you know, like it doesn't really tell us all that much. Like it just, it is information that's publicly available, but that information tells us little to nothing. Yeah, and I agree. I personally, I think we should have, you know, a government issue, not crypto, but just like an identity, you know, and not just for crypto. I think every software that has power in society should have a government issued identity. You know, let's say you use Facebook. I think everybody on Facebook should be like, before you register here, there is like a certificate from the government that says this is you, this is you, and you can, oh, wow. and, if you get, even... and, if, and if you get banned, let's say you can even have like, not a public court, but like a private resolution. Okay, you get banned because you share this QAnon post and whatnot. But right now, how decision is made, there is no, absolutely no transparency. Facebook can ban you for any reason. I mean, I I don't know if I I don't I wouldn't go that far. I don't think uh, the government should. Yeah, I I don't think the government should be able to connect your online identity to. Oh, I'm your... not saying they should be able to identify. But let's say, okay, here in Slovenia we have a government issued certificate. It's mostly used for banks, but let's say there is like a Craigslist type site, and if you have an account that you linked your certificate with that, basically people can see these people this person actually is that person and if you sell them i don't know if you don't sell them you just scan them you know the site can then say okay you bought it from this person on this address basically that's why i think everything you do online should not be traceable in the sense that the government can see everything you do but everything should have an attached identity to it. See, you know? that, that's funny because I have I I'm the other way around. I think the that you should everything financially should be traceable. I mean that's that's how the government is able to. I agree. I take, agree. Take your taxes. Uh, you know, uh, take your get paid in the, the taxes. Uh, whereas your online identity, in terms of like what you do online, that isn't making money. Uh, I think that they should have no business really uh, getting involved with it all. Um, I, I don't see how this involves the blockchain or like the technology that runs crypto, though. I think, you know, I think this is all everything we're discussing are things that don't require. I mean, it's been around. I mean, the, the you, you, you have to report your finances um, if something is not right, where your bank account is seeing a lot more money than you're reporting. The uh, you know the IRS will find out and look into it. Uh, that doesn't require a blockchain. Um, you know, I I I'm not quite sure where the crypto aspect comes into what we're discussing, even where we agree. Okay. Um. I was I wasn't really talking about crypto in general. I was talking about open source in general, oh, okay. and specifically, I was talking about let's say Web three. You know, right now if you say not. Web tour, but if you let's say the protocol HTTPC, you know, it leaks data on everything you do. You basically go to a site, even though your browser says "do not track me," you know, they can just ignore that, and there is absolutely no accountability. That's what the European Union tried to do with the GDPR. You know, they they tried to enforce cookies on everything, but of course, people just press cookies, and it's not. I think problems should be solved on a technical level, basically like when you use your browser, everything should be a transaction, but not in a sense, I pay you, but in transaction, I gave you permission to do this. 
to do this and everything should be transparent in a sense and when the decision should be also made about how the browser works so right now i don't know if you're using chrome or whatever you're using but you have absolutely no control over what your browser collects what it does with the data if it's google you know it uses to do it ads but let's say if you're in china or if you're in russia you know it 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 gets it gets those data gets sent to a government server and it, you know I don't know what's going on with it but this is definitely I think we should have transparency to all technology I I agree with the transparency part definitely definitely call in because you know I have a bunch of call uh, call in again because I have a bunch of other callers and we're we're going on multiple topics here so I, I want to try to give keep it to one topic per caller right now okay uh, but thanks for calling in really appreciate it thanks for having me Matt. Have a great night or day. I don't even know what time it is over there. Oh, have a great whatever. Five thirty a.m. Okay, so have a have a wonderful morning. <laughs> yeah, I woke up early today. <laughs> Take care. Okay, bye, Matt. Uh, great call. Um, feel free to call in. I see people in the chat telling me I don't know if you could actually learn Linux, but it's pretty. My point is that if you want to, if you act, if I wanted to sit down, I probably if an individual wanted to sit down and learn Linux, they can. It's not an equal analogy, but it was the analogy I think the caller was making that I was referring it to. All right, let me take this call. Hey, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, my name is Alan. I'm calling from North Carolina. Hey, Alan from North Carolina. Can I pull you up on your video on the feed? Yeah, sure. Cool. Uh, hey, Alan, what would you like to talk about? Uh, I should say, okay, so I'm, I have a degree in computer science. And I did do some crypto trading pretty earlier, like early on in the pandemic. Um, so like March 2020. And I just think it's really interesting to see. I mean, if you if you go back, there's actually like if you watch like Silicon Valley, right? They talk like crypto is not anything new. Like they talk about that kind of stuff on there. Like, because it was around then. Right. It's just that it's just on like a bigger scale now than it was then. Because I think back then it was just Bitcoin. And then like the idea of uh, it's kind of like how people go back and say, well, like, oh, uh, uh, oh, the Simpsons predicted that Donald Trump would be president. Right. It's just like, no, it's just that if you just look at, you know, the general tr- trends of how uh, people are like. I mean, people would just say, oh, this is a ridiculous thing that would happen, and then people would actually do it. Right. I mean, he ran for president before 2016, so I mean, the idea that they would do an episode on him running for president uh, that people just seem to have forgotten about, like, that, I mean, that's not really all that, uh, they're not Nostradamus for doing that, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, because he, did, he didn't even run in, like, 2012, too. So. He was going to run, but he ran in the early 2000s, or he was thinking about it um, as like the independent party or some party that no longer exists. Um, yeah, but this is an ongoing thing for him over many decades. So the idea that they would put out an episode where like, oh, imagine he actually ran for president. And I mean, they knew he would ran for, run for president. The only idea was that they the joke was that he won. And then later on, he actually uh, ran for president and won. <laughs> Yeah, and I was just, back to crypto. I was just saying, I was just in general. I was just thinking about like, because I just remember how predatory it was. Because like, obviously, I got into it because I wanted to make money, right? I was like this broke college student, and I was like, I just you know, really just need. I just need money, right? And so like, it's so predatory the way that they, the way that they frame these stories around like, oh, 
this kid that um, flipped crypto and now he's got enough money to buy his parents a house or pay off his student loans and all that stuff and other. And it's that's that's where the pyramid scheme part of it comes in because like you can never make as much money as someone that's already been in, right? Unless you find like some offshoot crypto and get other people to get into that, which is you know the the, the pyramid scheme, right? Right. So you get in, you get in, and you get other people to get in, or uh, sort of like the pump schemes that people are doing. Well, the, the, pyramid like scheme, have... the, the pyramid scheme is actually built in from the very beginning because um, you buy. Because listen, when you, when you buy a product or service, you're buying something and getting something in return. You're paying for the labor. You're playing, paying for the materials. You know, so there is some there's a transaction there, uh, an equal transaction. When you buy a Bitcoin, you know you don't you don't actually like you can't do it. Like I buy a physical good, I can do something with that physical good. My money has you know has paid for itself. Everything is done. Everything's happy. When you buy a Bitcoin, the transaction doesn't end there because your purpose is to sell that Bitcoin. Now, how do you sell that Bitcoin? By selling it to uh, someone who wants to pay more than you paid for it. Now, there's no revenue being generated. So in order for you to find that person, um, you sell it to them. And then they need to find a person to sell it to for even higher. And there it goes. Over. So from the very foundation, it is a pyramid scheme on the like completely. Yeah, and then that, that whole thing runs directly in contrast to the sort of ideal of crypto right this like decentralized things decentralized currency because in order for it to work as a currency you need for us you need a stable value which means that you can't make money off of trading it so that's where that's where the uh the ideas that they that they spout and the actual reality of what they're doing in the with the uh, with the services co- sort of uh, conflict with each other, so it so then you have like these people that are selling these two things that don't really work together to these people that just need money because you know they're poor and it's like this 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 snowball effect that goes that gets started online where like somebody gets i mean it's the pyramid scheme right where people people get other people in multi-level marketing all this that i mean all these grand schemes that have always worked they just repackage them every now and then and this is the new thing right crypto's the new mlm you know the new avon the new where you know people know just people know just enough about it that they can sell it to people who need money desperately and then people and then they don't really they they kind of like get into it without really knowing what it is. Right. And then, and it has this inherent like tech thing too, which people don't really a lot of people don't really understand tech. You know, past like a consumer level where like you know I do use this thing to get what I need done out of it, and nobody really understands a lot. So as someone that you know went to school for computer science, it just always it always astounded me how like little like i would run into people that would be trying to sell me on this thing and i knew more about it than they did even though i'm not supposed to be the person that's like selling it right so it's like they would they would explain something to me i'll be like well well, that's not really how that works right like a lot of people don't understand the like the receipt part of the nft or a lot of people don't understand like how the, the the real problem with NFTs, I mean, uh, crypto working in general on like a large scale is the fact that 
it's tied to a computer, right? You can't the because of the way that the blockchain works and all and all this stuff, it's you have you have like a it's still like a physical wallet. So it's not even as mutable as, you know, having a a credit card, right? Where you could because you can't care a lot of people it's not on their phone or anything so you can't really carry a computer right so it's like if you so like let's say you have it on your desktop computer at home you can't just transfer it to your phone right. right so it's not like so it's not like it's not even as mutable as that it's like and then if you forget the password to that to that wallet like so you don't have to password protect the wallet but let's say you do password protect the wallet right cuz you're like oh safety I should password protect it which is what people tell you to do you forget the password. And now that money's just gone forever. Yeah. Like you can never get that money back. And you just have to get more somehow. And in fact, people who are in, who have already bought in, love when you forget your password because they view it as hell. Your your Bitcoin is lost forever. That means there's going to be less circulated in the end, which means the value of my Bitcoin goes up. So like, what a, what a messed up system that. Like, imagine you're like. Like, imagine, like, you called your bank, and not only could they not help you, they were happy you got locked out of your account. Like, it was a joy to them that you locked out of your account. Free money for them. Do you know what I mean? I mean, that's kind of what happened with the Great Depression, right? You had all the because, – because crypto is unregulated, there's never going to be someone that comes in and says, hey, we need to – because – Right now, your money in your bank account is protected because after the Great Depression, FDR, this or I don't really, I don't really know the the uh, the timeline of who who passed the bill and what, but the but the government decided that you know we you, the money you have in your regular checking and savings account is guaranteed by law, so that so that way if you know that bank goes under, they still owe you that money because that's your money in their account. Right. It's protected right. by law, but there's no law on crypto protecting your money. So and that's I think that the the worst part about it is that that's sometimes really hard to explain to people that don't understand technology very well. And it's really easy to say it's kind of like with um, anti-mask stuff. It's really easy to say, you know, if somebody kind of already to go off of kind of what people already know and try to exp- and goat them into crypto. But when you try to tell the truth and try to get the actual logistics of how it really works, it kind of gets lost in the sauce a lot of the times. So a good thing about it, though, is that crypto is so bad that it's also bad for the environment. And that's a lot easier to sell. Right. These people say. So I got out of crypto because I was like, uh, I just I just felt really grimy about the fact that it was the fact that it was built off this pyramid scheme. So even though I needed the money, I was like, there's better ways to make money. Right. Right. I mean, and, I, I think I think the, 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 the obviously the environmental stuff is a very good deterrent for people who, you know, sort of care about that, which should be everybody. But unfortunately, it isn't. But what I actually think not to you know go off here, I'm sure because we're going in a different direction. What I actually think is the ultimate killer of this for the, the mainstream public, the public overall, the majority of people is what we were just discussing and specifically something we didn't discuss Um the protections you have basically from your credit card, um, the fact that you're a Bitcoin transaction or a crypto transaction, period, any transaction on the blockchain, irreversible. That means no refunds, 
no chargebacks. You tell mom, dad, brother, sister, cousin, uncle, aunt, grandma, grandpa, anyone that, oh, that's it. There's no refunds. There's no reversing this transaction once it's... They're going to be like, I'm not fucking using that shit. What the hell? It's the ultimate deterrent. Yeah, it's almost like, have you ever tried to get your money back on Cash App? Like that, that's basically the same thing. It's like, Cash App is, it's notorious for like, I mean, I had this thing with Domino's where like they overcharged me on like somebody, like they said like I tipped them 20 bucks and I never put a tip on it. Cause I didn't, not because I wasn't going to tip, but it's just like I ordered online and somebody else picked up the pizza and then it was like a tip thing, right? I didn't get a chance to tip them, but it came through when they when the, the sale finalized and it was like twenty dollars over. And because I had like this, uh, they have like cash up those like these cash up cards and you can do these boost on it. I was like, oh, I did the I did the twenty percent off coupon thing for that. And then it so it came out that like so because I pay with cash up, I had to go through cash up to get the the sale like terminated or right. charged back or whatever the term is, but. And it was just, it was infinitely impossible to get it done. I, I got it done because I'm that, I just had to put my Karen hat on and I was just like. But here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Even though it took some work, if this was a blockchain transaction, you could have done everything you wanted to do. It would have been literally impossible because of the tech. Um, there's no reversal. It's, yeah, it's just not possible. Yeah, there's no reversals. Um, you, you, you know, you know how many people. Uh, and furthermore, like in your position, like you have a very specific story, but even in a more general sense, you're, you get scammed, your mom gets scammed, your dad gets scammed, the grandparent gets scammed, they call their bank, the bank puts the money on hold, looks into it. I would say 99% of the time, I don't know what the actual data is, but in my experience talking to people who've been scammed, uh, 99% of the time, if not more actually, closer to 100% of the time, their bank their credit card, whatever it is, reverses the transaction, covers you, gets your money back. Again, literally impossible, not happening if you get scammed out of your Bitcoin, Ether, whatever it is. If your wallet gets hacked, that money, gone. That And those NFTs, those tokens, whatever it is, gone. Impossible to get it back. Unless, of course, you convince the scammer out of the goodness of their heart to give it back to you. In that sense, they could start a new transaction. But beyond that, that's gone. And and it's, like he said, money laundering is extremely hard to tax. I mean, like, because it's inherently kind of untraceable, when it, when it comes to, like, the tech, obviously there's now a question on tax form, like, did you sell any cryptocurrency? And it's like, you could just be like, no, I didn't sell any cryptocurrency. What do they, it's like, it's kind of like it's kind of an inherent problem with the IRS, where they they they're only good, they're really only really good at investigating things that where you tell them where there's like a discrepancy in what you tell them and things like that, and they have like a record, but like it's for like tax purposes. I mean, that's why NFTs are really good. You have all these celebrities and now that are trying to dunk all their money into these non-fungible tokens and crypto you know, you because... Know, I, I just, just a little side here. That It is so amazing to me to see these celebrities like Jimmy Fallon and Matt Damon and Reese Witherspoon. I think I saw Gwyneth Paltrow earlier today pushing uh, Bored Apes. It is amazing to me to see these rich, famous celebrities 
openly saying, I don't care about bilking my fans. It is incredible to me. It's incredible. But you know what it is, you know what it is though? I think that it's somebody said this I saw somebody say this. I think it's the new um I think it's the new Scientology. We're mm. like somebody some there's somebody out there that's mm-hmm. that's peddling like this like this amazing idea of what an NFT is to all these celebrities and they're really buying into it. And it's not until they get the backlash from their fans that they see that it's that it's oh this is maybe not something that that that's not good or they have or then or then in their mind they're like oh they don't get it they don't know they didn't get the they didn't get the spiel that I got right. so then it becomes so then it becomes like this religion of this religion of capital where like there there are like these true believers and then there's just like people that are like kind of removed from it oh levels and levels over until until there's like people that hate it or you know and it'll just i think it'll just take time for people to realize the truth about what it really is or we need like one really good documentary to come out and then everybody will be like oh that's that's kind of weird that we were all bought into that thing right remember guys right uh yeah it's gonna be interesting to see what because listen i I don't i'm not that um one thing i definitely don't do that i even urge other cryptocurrency critics to to not do and the good ones like David Gerard don't do this. Um, I see some people, and there's some big like uh, crypto accounts that that are anti certain cryptocurrencies that try to do this, and it's so stupid to me because they always end up looking dumb because it never happens. It, don't try to like. Th- there's no need to uh, say if this is gonna this stuff. This whole industry is going to succeed or fail. It's completely unimportant. In in fact. It is more important to be critical of it the the more successful it gets. I don't really care how successful or unsuccessful it is. I mean, I, I can't I, I can't pro- pro- prognosticate on that and, and guess because it's literally impossible. We've seen some really dumb things get really popular throughout history because you just can't tell what the general public's going to feel. So I, I don't know if there's ever going to be even like a really good documentary that shuts this down or, or, or knocks it down a peg. All I know is that um, there's a lot of people pushing it who have a lot of money to gain. And I don't really see anyone pushing it based on a utility. I think it, also the, the, the main problem with crypto is that it is possible to make money. And that's, that's the worst part about it is, is that people, people, conflate their own success with a universal success of it and it's the same thing with these um sponsorships that a lot of celebrities get right where they get a really good version of the product and then so they don't realize that the pro that the the thing that their fans are getting or the experience their fans are having is this really detached and um unsafe version of what they're getting because they have so much money and when you have that much money it's like the stock market is actually like a game because that money's not instrumental the money that you're the money that you're gambling with is not instrumental to your life and then they get to they get to say they get these um these you know readout lines that make it not that keeps the blame off of them when somebody does go back they say oh i'm not a i'm not a financial advisor don't take financial advice from me you know and it it gives them this certain level of distance away from the actual repercussions of it. 
and I mean, you saw like with the, the big crypto buzz on Twitch and everything like that, where like there was all these really big celebrities that were really getting into it. And they had these huge followings of a lot of times kids, a lot of times really impressionable people that aren't really into reading the fine print of things. They're just like, oh, I trust this person. I like their personality or whatever. I'll just put this money into it. And they end up, you know, having really devastating consequences because. I think we're going to end up finding out when it comes to these celebrities, I think we're going to end up finding out because this is what happened with the uh, the FaZe Clan influencer pump and dump coins that I covered over the summer. Um, we're going to end up finding that there is an agent, like a, a, a talent agent or two or a few or a specific group that all these celebrities work with or belong to. And they're being sold on pumping NFTs because their agent is, uh, you know, invested or something like that. I think we're going to end up finding something like that. That's my guess. I'm not I mean, that probably I'm... be really possible. There's like, a, what, like three big talent right. agencies and right. that that cover everybody, right. big talent agency conglomerates. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not I mean, saying I know anything specific or I'm privy to some information. I'm I, This is my, my educated just, guess. You wouldn't be surprised if yes. that's how it ended up. Yes, because that's that's what happened with Phase Clan. There was um, uh, a talent agent who worked for the esports company. Allegedly, allegedly. Uh, no, this was this is true. This oh. is legit. He he worked for them, um, and he was behind uh, not even part of the official Phase Clan. He was doing this stuff like f- freelance wheeling, wheeling and dealing as a side gig, um, hooking up Phase members who have big followings with pump and dump shit coins. And he was uh, – this is where the alleged part comes in. He was allegedly uh, invested or in early or involved in a number of those coins that he had those influencers pumping up or allegedly got paid up front to get them to uh, pump and dump – like to pump the coins. Um, but yeah, this is a great call. Uh, I really appreciate you calling in. Um, definitely call in again. All right. Have a great This is fun. I, it was a lot I love talk about this stuff. Yeah, me too. That's this was. I mean, I, I've never seen you call into my other show, so I don't know if you are a listener to Doomed. Um, but uh, that's why I did Scam Economy because there were callers here and there who wanted to talk about crypto, and I was like, oh, and I would go on these hour long tangents with them, and then I'd have to try to get back into right wing media and politics. Um, so that's why I was like, let's just do a crypto show. Hey, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, it's Zoe from hey, Montreal. Hey, Zoe. How are you doing? I'm all right. Uh, great show, by the way. Really interesting. But I want to say that unlike the previous callers, I don't know shit about fuck when it comes to tech. I feel like a kid at the grown-ups table. But... <laughs> So as someone who's not very well-versed, I feel like I can tell bullshit when I see it. Mm -hmm. And whenever I hear about all this crypto stuff, NFTs, blockchain, whatever, it's the same with like the stock market and all this, this shit where I just, like, it becomes kind of dizzying and annoying because it's, just frustrating because like i'm not well versed enough to be able to make like the very like 
uh, expert uh, uh, rebuttal of all that, but like it's so obviously just bullshit. It's like fucking not like he's all. It feels like it's just made up of a th- out of thin air. Yes, yes. I mean that's 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 why like I think the stock market analogy is accurate in some senses, obviously because it's an asset. Um, but I, this is where I think it is not really a, a, a. This is the part where I think it's not a good analogy. Like stocks, whatever you think about the stock market, and I'm you know I've got my criticisms, and I think it's complete. You know, it's ridiculous. This is how we. We, we run an economy here uh, based on the, the stock market. But um, if I want to invest in a stock, uh, let's use uh, any random company. I want to invest in Microsoft. I, I want to buy Microsoft stock. I can check out what's going on with Microsoft. I can see their revenue. I can look at their, you know, see what the, the, the market's been going for Microsoft, what the the future holds based on what they've announced and how things are going for them. I can see their the all the different numbers they make public, like the employment, things like that. Um and I can make an educated decision. Again, I'm not saying to do this. I'm just saying uh for the purpose of this analogy, uh you know, the stock market has plenty of other problems which we can talk about on this show too. Um but for the purpose of analogy, I can make an educated decision based on the company behind the stock and somehow, you know, somewhat for safe stocks like Microsoft, I would assume is one of them. Um, know that, you know, I may lose a little bit of money when with ebbs and flows in the market, but it's probably a safe bet that I, if I want to pull out, I'll get all my money back and then some, probably a little bit money. Um, there's nothing like that in crypto. There's no company behind Bitcoin. There's no company behind any of these coins where I can say, oh, let's see what their revenue is, how the, the product sales have been, how their services are selling, um, what the uh, the projections are for next quarter. Uh, I, you're literally just making this like the ebbs and flows in the market are based on what honestly does some sort of probably looks like in thin air but really what the big whales decide to do if some big holder decides to sell off they could have a lot of control they could tank shit um i mean really that's who you're beholden to i mean the same goes for the stock market but there's also regulations on stocks based on like you know if if a uh, if a uh, you know if a big executive gets fired and they had stocks, uh, they can't just say fuck it. Uh, I'm tanking the company by selling off my large holdings. There's actually regulations on how much they can sell off in any given time, specifically set up so they can't have that control over it. There's no such thing in crypto. Like you can fucking just if if I mean we've seen with these shit coins, like the majority holder just saying hell yeah, this is why I set up the coin to pump it. This is where I think the peak is. Sayonara, suckers. I'm cashing in, and boom, coin is dead. They make out like a bandit. Yeah, for sure it's not uh, exactly the same. But, like, I was a child in 2008, and I just remember hearing all this stuff about, oh, we are in a financial crisis and all that. And, like, I remember asking, like, what what does that mean? What is it? And 
the response I got was like, well, it's just a thing that happens in our system. Like, we live under a system that just regularly crashes, and that's just normal, I guess. And it just feels like, how, why, why is it that we're just, like, stuck suffering because of just very, very little sense? It also reminded me of, like, I saw a play. It's weird tension, but I saw a play a couple of years ago, a four-hour play that recounted the history of the Lehman Brothers uh-huh. from their foundation up until the their demise. Right. And it was a really interesting play, how it showed, how it started as, like, with products of like buying and selling uh, cotton from plantations and how it got to the point of basically making money out of thin air to the point where it burst and it crashed. But Lehman is like one of the rare ones that had to (laughs) go bankrupt. The others all got bailed out. So... It all just feels, yeah, no, it's just, it feels like there's just a lack of, like, any sense in it all, but so all the people in power and stuff are acting like it's just normal, and it's frustrating, I guess. It is, no, it is very frustrating, too. I mean, I mean, this is what we're, this is, this is, and when I'll leave you here with this, on this note, you know, this is why we saw this. This is why... We saw what we saw with crypto and why it blew up in, in over the past year. Um, all of what you just said, and then you add on to the fact that there's this pandemic. And thanks to the pandemic, there were some, depending on what country you went, you, you live in, some very good stimulus uh, for people and some not so great, but still extra money nonetheless, like the United States with our shitty stimulus. Uh, but people still had money that they otherwise would not have and unemployment benefits were not shitty that was good for people um and you saw people for the first time ever with a little bit of disposable income and with this money a lot of them or a significant number of them decided i want to see how i can take this extra money that i never have had before and somehow parlay this into more money and crypto people saw this and they used the moment to market and promote and pump their shit. And it just happened to work out for the, the obviously the people who got in really early, but some early buyers, uh, even in the past year or so, before right before crypto, you know, Bitcoin and all the other cryptos shot up in value. What was it like uh, February, March, April, May, like around that time is when it really started to blow up. Um Right after like the meme stock, whole the whole meme stock thing with GameStop and AMC, um, and and it sort of spirals out of control from there. And mm-hmm. I think when you combine all these things, we end up getting into this point where like, shit, like there was this moment where it worked for people who even got in a little bit late. And now everyone thinks this is it. This is the the guaranteed make make you know get rich quick scheme. And I mean, 
we're going to see eventually. I'm not even accounting for the, the crypto crash that's occurred over the past week or so. Because, um, you know, that's this is not where I see. This is not the bottom. Um, yeah. Whenever the bottom is, again, I don't pontificate on when that could be. It could be decades. Who knows? Um, it's going to happen, though. There's going to be an, a crash that that changes the values of this drastically. And I think we're going to see a lot of people who thought they were going to just cruise on to newfound riches uh, really find themselves, frankly, fucked. Yeah, like I said, this thing, these things just kind of happen all the time. Right. And the thing is, like, you know, with the stock market crash, um, people lost money based on, like, you know, 401k investments, retirement funds, and things like that. Um, you know, they, they lost a good amount of money. But with, with crypto, you have more people investing directly. Do you understand what I'm yeah. saying? Like, they're not, yeah, yeah. They're, they're not going through some sort of uh, system set up to minimize your losses, even yeah. if they are, you know, even if they are, 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 are significant, they're still, it's still minimized in based, you know, from the, the other way they could have gone where you're just, you know, going in without knowing anything about the market and just buying random stocks. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, thanks yeah. for the call, Zoe. Have a great night. Really uh, appreciate it. I want one last comment. Hey, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, earlier tonight, I was sitting down in front of the TV, and I saw that on the on the ice of the Montreal Canadiens, the stadium, there was the logo for Crypto.com. And uh-huh. I don't care about sport, but it still hurt my soul very deeply to see that there. Right. <laughs> well, here in here in the states, uh, in Los, and I think, it's, I think I, I'm not yeah, a West Los Coast Angeles. guy. Yeah, Los Angeles. Staples Center, which again it was named after a company, but the this, the the arena had legendary status due to the players and the the games that happened there. And you know, I'm not a a, a sports fan, but I'm a I'm a you know, you guys know I'm a pro pro wrestling fan. Uh, and I I shouldn't say uh, you know you know because this is a a new show. So I, and I'm pretty sure based on the callers, there are people who are listening to me for the first time. Um, but you know, uh, I I am a pro wrestling fan, so the Staples Center even had cachet in that regard due to the WWE. Um, it's now the crypto.com arena. Like, are you kidding yeah. me? Like, get, uh, disgusting. But yeah. Zoe, always a pleasure when you call in. Thank you so much. No problem. Have uh, a great night. Good night. All right. I, I, I hate to do this because there's so many people calling, but I, I, I am going to end the calls here officially. Um, I don't want to go too. I'm not going to go too long. I'm almost going two hours, and this is just the post show, not counting the the you know the actual episode. I, I'm gonna end it here. Um, on this note, I want to end it here on this note. Before we 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 bid ourselves adieu, uh, I, I wanna. I I'm in shock. I can't thank you all enough. Look look at this. Look at this. Granted, I this is the addendum, and it's important because I I ask people to do this specifically because I know this. Um, Apple's the Apple Podcast algorithm does favor a you know a, uh, shows that get like they have many different attributes and and you know qualities they look for when ranking the shows. But Apple, one of the things I know from when I launched previous shows, um, and um, oh, I I forgot to hang up on Skype. Let me hang up. Um. 
I'm sorry to the people who are trying to call in. I, I gotta. It's too much. I can't take everybody's call. More callers today than ever before. I'll tell you that. So this show is already uh, going uh, better than expected uh, in my book. But um, knowing Apple's algorithm, I knew that um, they take into account a mass amount of subscribers and show downloads at once based on how much you usually get. And they use that as one of the uh, the factors in ranking your podcast. So if you're a new show, it's a little bit easier than established shows uh, or I should say lesser established shows that don't get so much attention. It's a little bit easier for when I say established, I don't mean big. I mean, let me rephrase. It's a little bit easier for new shows to rank than an unknown show that has been pumping out episodes for years. However, uh, it's still pretty significant to see this. This is not, you know, this is, uh, this is crazy. Um, the show is currently, as I leave you guys tonight, um, the show is number six on the Apple Podcasts top shows for technology. Um, it's past some pretty big shows and it's up there with some pretty big heavy hitters. Um, again, um, I, again, I know what categories are really popular. <coughs> um, obviously technology is one of them, but I also made the decision to make it, put it in the technology category number one, because I know it is, uh, lesser competition than in news and politics and, uh, other, uh, uh, certain other categories um, but still it is a tech technology it's a, a big niche in itself um, so if you can go to Apple Podcasts search for Scam Economy and um, subscribe to the show there leave stars I didn't feel comfortable telling people to leave stars before because the show didn't debut yet now I do leave your stars Leave a written review if you can, um, and uh, it's it's. I, I can't thank you all enough for supporting this. Uh, I, I you know I, when I put out Doomed, um, I knew that you know a lot of news and politics podcasts, and even though I'm usually early on a lot of right wing stuff, you know the earliest doesn't always get all the attention, and I, it's a it's a busy podcast market with news and politics, um, but still technology is nothing to you know. To, to sniff at what is that? I don't even know what phrase I'm looking for here. It's it's midnight where I am. Um, <coughs> so this is how the, the excuse me, geez, I'm coughing up a storm. This is how the post show for this is going to go. On Doomed, the free show goes out, and then the post show is usually for patrons only and the live stream audience. For now, obviously the live stream audience gets it. I'm going to leave these public too on YouTube and everything. Um, I'm going to upload this as a bonus on the podcast feed as well. Eventually, a couple of weeks down the line, I might start making these uh, b uh, post shows patrons only. But I, I want people to to I want to uh, first bring those this new audience into understanding how this all works and and get to listen so they can decide whether they want to support the show monetarily or not. Um, so, folks, YouTube.com/slash/MattBinder. Uh, scam, it's for the uh, live stream, scameconomy.com for all the links. Follow me on Twitter at Matt Binder. Again, to financially support this show, patreon.com uh, 
slash Matt Binder. Oh, there's a bunch of super chats. Let me uh, read those. Um, uh, Santa Cliff, hello, love what you do, keep doing it. Thank you, Santa Cliff. Feed, uh, Feedy says, Dr. Gus here, great stuff, excellent job living up to the hype, thank you. Oh, my pops, Alan Binder. Uh, with a $10 super chat. Uh, big, big spender over here. Mazel tov on the new show, thank you, Dad. Uh, Renee, uh, with uh, don't get Stockholm syndrome from Copetolsem to the point of dying from it. You can share an NFT on an app on your smart TV and share it like an expensive painting. Not very Nam John Pak. I en- I prefer buying the Brian Eno app. Remember Swiss photographer Renee Robert who froze to death on the streets of Paris yesterday? Support Bandcamp, support Art Major. I don't know everything Renee was talking about, but yeah, if you want to support an artist, buy like actually buy like the actual art. Buy a print, get it in the mail. Buy a song, get the 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 high quality um digital copy of the file. Uh, buy the film directly from the the uh the filmmaker. There are plenty of ways to support artists. Um, hell, listen, I was in a punk band. We gave out our music for free. Um, the money making aspect was you know was we didn't even really consider that. But what we did make money was we sold T-shirts. We played a lot of shows. We, we sold our performances, our services, our products. We used our art as a promotional thing because we sort of saw this was in the, the mid-2000s, 2003 to 2006. Um, we saw, sadly, the art as the, the promotional tool to, to, for, for fans of the art to buy things to show that they are fans. I mean, that makes a lot more sense than fucking buying a receipt of something you can't even hold or or feel or 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 you know, and that that's how I always felt. And I came from a world where people weren't paying for art uh, directly. They came to the shows. They bought the T-shirt. They bought a patch. Uh, and, and I had no problem with that. I think that works in, in the punk scene. Uh, you know, the indie music scene in general. Uh, Mariah, Matt, I missed the show, but saving it to listen at work tomorrow with the five dollars super chat. Thank you, Mariah, and I hope you. I hope you'll enjoy it tomorrow. Uh, Warren from Toronto, let's go, Bender, ah, with the Canadian five dollars and center. That's probably a little bit more, right? I forget how that works. Um, all right, folks, I I did play bass, Chris, uh, in the super, in the the YouTube live chat. Matt played bass, huh? Seems like a bass player. I, I did, yes. Um. Oh, someone just really rankled me here with uh, it's a funny joke, but Santa Cliff says simply CBG. Uh, whoa, 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 it's late. Give me a second. And I, I played at this venue too. I should say that's how old I am. Um, CBGB NFT. Oh my god, I want to cry. I want to cry. I was on my sixteenth birthday. Um, that was the age limit for CBGBs on my sixteenth birthday. When I turned 16, I went to see uh, a band I really enjoyed, uh, Oxymoron. Um, they're from, I forget where they're from in Europe, but they're from Europe and they were here on tour. Just so happened they were playing on my 16th birthday at CBGB's and that was the age limit. And I turned 16 and I went to see them and 
no one who I knew who liked that band was in town because I'm a summer baby. And anyone else who I knew that was didn't want to go to the show. So on my 16th birthday, uh, my birthday present to myself was going to fucking CBGB's legally, officially, to see Oxymoron. And then I went to many shows there. So one of the best shows of my life there, the Addicts play there, and it was fucking amazing. Like a party atmosphere there. And then I got to play there myself in my own band, which is amazing. And then it closed down, which to me, one of the biggest tragedies of uh, like a cultural icon in, 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 in NYC. And there's been many, but of the cultural icons in NYC dying off, that's, that's one of the ones that, that really hits me. So you, for you to say CBGB's NFT, I want to cry. Uh, but maybe we should leave it there because it is funny. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, again, thank you all so much for supporting the show. For, for uh, Again, Apple Podcasts, definitely, if you haven't already subscribed there. Thank you for all your support, whether you're a patron at patreon.com slash mapbinder or you just subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash mapbinder or you're a subscriber to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or you're uh, wherever. Go to scameconomy.com to find all the links. I can't thank you all enough. And uh, I guess I'll just say, uh, officially, here we go. Uh, welcome to the scam economy.